Hello, and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I am a master transformation guide who is obsessed with showing you the steps to rediscover who you are, how to best work with yourself, and how to create the life you want and deserve. Here is where I will share more about my own journey and all the things I've learned along the way. And I'm going to introduce you to some pretty incredible people who decided to go for it and are now sharing their gifts with the world. We're going to deep dive into all the things and inspire, motivate, and give you the tools to embark on your own healing, transformation, self-project journey, whatever that may be. So settle in, get comfortable, and here we go. All right, I want to welcome everybody back this week, and I am really excited to have our guest here with us today. His name is Eric Slavosky, and we met uh, through, again, another challenge that Kathy Heller was doing, and we had formed a kind of a smaller accountability group off of that, and I had a lot of wonderful people in there, Eric being one of them, who were so gracious to want to come on the show and uh, speak a little bit and share their stories with us. So Eric is a clarity and resilience coach, and he has got a really amazing story to share with you. So I don't want to spend too much time talking because I did do a little bit of stalking on my own on um, you know, his website, and your story is just fascinating. You have had so many adventures and experiences. So I, I'm going to turn it over to you and just uh, let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Just tell us a little bit more about who you are and what it is that you do. Well, thank you so much, Christy. It's such a, an honor to be on the podcast today. I've just been looking, really looking forward to this. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was fun being in that group. You know, we kind of, like you said, we met up in, yes. uh, I think it was the Kathy, Kathy Hellers, right? Group. Yes. And we linked together with all these amazing people. And so started, you know, talking and communicating a little bit. And, and just, it just felt, I don't know, so uplifting to have communication with you because, there's just, I think in this world, a lot of times it's hard to find like-minded people, mm-hmm. you know, people that kind of are looking for something deeper, you know, looking for something, I don't know, just like a certain kind of consciousness, you know, a self-awareness and just kind of this uh, awareness to get themselves to kind of a, a higher level, right? To sort of become your best self. And that's really, you know, what I want to share today is just that journey of, you know, kind of some bumps along the road and some things that worked, some things that didn't work as I kind of just embarked on this journey. And you mentioned adventure. I, you know, on my part, it's probably been a lot of misadventures too. Well, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's all but definitely, thanks for the intro. Yeah. So, so basically, yeah, I'm a, I'm a small town, uh, North Dakota guy now. I, I didn't start out here. I started off, I grew up in the uh, shadows of the factories and steel mills in a little town called Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And I've been a bit of a nomad, I guess you could say, most of my life. I've um, I've kind of ventured around, lived in, gosh, I don't know, I lost track, like eight or nine different states and um, been blessed to have the opportunity to do some traveling and actually visit all 50 states, which has really been a lot of fun. And also to to kind of get outside of the U.S. a little bit and do some 
some traveling uh, to, to a number of countries. That's kind of like a, you know, very big part of my life is just sort of adventure and travel. And, and but like I said, now I live in a town where the closest McDonald's is like 40 miles away and the closest <laughs> mall, you know, so we were social distancing here before social distancing became a thing. So. Yes, I feel you so much on that. We're like 20 to about 20 miles from anything like that too. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. The people are always like, you know, so many people I talk to like, how do you, you know, how do you do that? How do you live so far out? And I said, well, you know, you just adapt. You kind of yeah. adjust just like anything else. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah. get used to it. You have your advantages to, you know, you have to trade. I think You're, that's so true. There's, there's definitely trade-offs. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, just a little bit about my background then. So I, um, in my 20s and 30s, you know, as I was kind of growing up, I grew up with, uh, I guess you could say a fair amount of just uncertainty and trauma in my childhood. I, you know, was a child of a divorce and there was, you know, just a lot of moving around, went to like seven, eight different schools growing up. And, um, you know, it was just, it was a challenge for me. I lost my dad when I was uh, about three years old to a drunk driver. And so my mom kind of really struggled with picking up all the pieces. And uh, so, you know, we we just had this kind of life that was, I, I would say, defined by uncertainty and instability. So we were always kind of looking for the next thing. Yeah. Uh, she remarried. And so it just, you know, things didn't work out with that very well. And so there was just, there was sort of this environment of um, abuse too, physical abuse and and also verbal abuse. So I kind of grew up in this environment where I don't think I had a very strong sense of self. And as I kind of grew up and got into my teen years, I started to notice that um, my my mind and my mindset, my brain seemed to focus a lot on things like my anxieties and my you know that I was unworthy, that I was never going to be good enough. And I kind of built this, these walls around me and I sort of had all these fears that I just, I fed them on a daily basis. And just some of the things from my childhood, I think kind of, they fed them too. Mm -hmm. And they almost became just like really like these monsters, you know, in my life where I, even when I would do something good, I, I would still feel, yeah, but that wasn't really me, you know, that was, mm-hmm. that was probably somebody else. And I, so I just had trouble giving myself credit. And, and I think that, you know, as I moved into, into my college years and into my twenties and thirties, I, I just felt very, very unsettled uh, in my life. And I worked a ton of different jobs in my twenties and thirties. I mean, I did everything from, I was like, a, I was a milkman. I was, I worked for a drilling company. I laid carpet. I was a housekeeper, a lifeguard, a landscaper. At one time, I wrote down this list. I had like 25, 30 different oh jobs. Oh and God. a lot of them were like outdoors, kind of getting my, you know, dirty. Yeah. I probably had more dirty jobs than micro. I mean, I was just <laughs> doing all kinds of things, you know. But I was, in many ways, I was searching, I think. I was looking for something mm-hmm. that made sense for me. And around the same time, you know, I, I married this wonderful woman from, from Britain. And, and, uh, she came from a family that was just kind of just, I don't know, just in my eyes just had more stability. And so I, I didn't kind of know what that was like. And so when we got married, I said, look, you know, 
if, if you're going to marry me, it's just going to be a wild adventure. So I just want to let you know what you're signing up for. Cause I, you know, I, I'm going to get it figured out at some point, but right now it's, it's just not going that way. So, so my twenties and thirties were kind of defined by, you know, I got a, a degree in psychology and I, mm. I started working like in the mental health field. I started doing some sports coaching. Um, but I, 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 we were bouncing around uh, quite a bit. Uh, when, when we had kids, it did seem to sort of change that. I started realizing that, okay, I need to provide some stability, you know, for these guys. I can't mm-hmm. be kind of bouncing around from thing to thing. I can't be a ski bum in Colorado anymore. So in my, I would say kind of thirties and forties are really centered in on education. And I, you know, so I got involved in teaching. I, I taught in um, some, I taught in a, like a middle school, elementary school for a while. Um, then I got my master's degree and I went into college teaching. Uh, I was teaching, I taught at uh, religious, like Christian-based institutions. Okay. I taught at state colleges. Uh, I taught for six years in the West Virginia university system. So as time went on, so I'm you know, so kind of getting into this in my early 30s, I did this for about 10 years, kind of this teaching and, and um, coaching thing. And I did enjoy it. Um, I felt like I was making a difference. Mm-hmm. But around, I think it's around age 40, I had an opportunity to go overseas uh, and do some sports coaching, coach American football over in Scandinavia, over in Finland. And it was one of those things in life, like it made like no sense on paper. I was going to have to leave my secure job in America, my health insurance. Uh, I was going to have to leave, sell the house. I was going to have to kind of like commit to something that I didn't have a lot of answers to. And logistically, it was like a mess too. It was like, okay, what do we do with the pets? Uh, And here I am a teacher, but we're going to have to homeschool the kids. Yeah. How old old were your kids at the time? Um, Let's see. So my daughter... I think was uh, my oldest daughter was 10. Okay. My son was eight. And then my youngest was like four. My youngest daughter was four. Oh yeah. So, so you've got that added um, challenge there. Yeah. And, it, you know, and I think there's a big difference between like being a teacher and then mm-hmm. like teaching your kids, which I'm sure a lot of people during like COVID <laughs> could probably, you know, they could probably verify that, that it's a whole other ball of wax, you know? Oh my God, yes. so, yeah. And, and, but anyhow, we, so we found a way to make it work. And I just have to say like, the I took about a two to three year period there where we, we re- relocated from the Midwest back to where kind of where my family is from. Like I said, my wife's from England, but she does have mm-hmm. some family on the East Coast. So we go back to Maryland. We set up shop. We buy a townhouse. We kind of use that as our home base. But for the next two, three years, uh, I'm taking positions overseas. So I was over in Finland for a couple seasons. I, I coached in uh, Italy, in Czech Republic for a little bit, and also did this thing in India, this coaching, uh, brief coaching opportunity in India. So none of it paid very much. You know, we kind of had to go into the buying our own health insurance and figuring out all these logistic things. But I have to say, my kids loved that lifestyle. And my wife and I, even with all the uncertainty, we were just like on cloud nine. Like it was, I don't know. We we just had so many great times together as a family. Mm -hmm. We um our life was actually very simple most of the time. 
but we spend so much more, you know, so much time outdoors, like cooking yes. together, less time on social media, uh, rarely watch television. It was just like a really, really enriching time for the family. So then that ends. And then I go back to, to the kind of the, the grind, so to speak, in my early 40s. And, and I go back to that for about five or six years. And then in 2018, late 2018, I think I just hit this wall, this, this sort of turning point where I'm like, um, you know, and I was back at teaching at a Christian college out here in North Dakota and things were not good there. Uh, the budget cuts and there were just some decisions with the leadership of the school. They were kind of letting some people go and it was some of the things were handled, I, I think in the best way. And so like, I, I was just at this crossroads again uh, again, it's late 2018, where it was like, am I going to do this for another 15 years? Um, I'm not happy. I'm not, this isn't what I want to be doing. I'm doing this, I think, more for a paycheck, for health insurance, for security. Yeah. I was stuck and I was miserable. And I think I started buffering too with just the misery so for me food was like the way that i blunted my emotions uh-huh. and so I, I put on like i don't know probably 30 40 pounds in, in a span of a couple of years and i i just was really really stagnating and i i just realized that i, I needed to really make a change and late 2018 early 2019 um, I can just actually remember this turning point. So I was always in, in Asia, actually, I was in Japan. I was just, on, I was on this trip. Um, and I remember walking up a flight of stairs one day and I just, when I was on this trip and I was like out of breath and I was just like, just disgusted with myself. And I realized like, I need to make some big changes. I need to get healthy. I want to be around for my kids. I want to, you know, I need to make some big changes. And so for me, some big changes happened when I decided to start taking better care of myself, and kind of embrace this idea of self-care. Yes. Yeah. And, and so long story short, early 2019, I, um, I hired a, a coach. I made a commitment to start eating better, uh, start just getting on an exercise regimen and start taking care of myself. And lo and behold, in about five months, I lost about 73 pounds. And I actually like what happened, which I didn't expect is with the physiological changes, like becoming healthier, lowering my blood pressure, feeling more energy in the morning, not having that morning kind of fog. When I woke up, Uh I, I just was amazed at like the psychological benefits that I was getting from doing something physical. And that started this wave for me. And I'll tell you why it, you know, it's just, I gained momentum and I just really, really started to, to look at my life. I started questioning things, you know, I started having this mm-hmm. sort of, you know, it, do I really want to be doing this job? Do I, you know, is this something that I see myself doing long-term? And, and, and I, I think I even in some ways kind of had, I was listening to your podcast on kind of the difference between religion and faith. 
So it's also having this kind of come to Jesus moment in terms of what do I believe, oh you know? God. And I was getting so much cognitive dissonance over the things I'd been told my whole life with religion. And you know, I was grow up Catholic and I was kind of, you know, it's fundamentalism, sort of very, very strict Pentecostal, you know, church mm-hmm. experience kind of growing up. And, and I, I was just experiencing so much cognitive dissonance where things that were happening on the ground that I was seeing every day weren't matching up with the beliefs that I was holding on to. And it absolutely sucked. And it was painful because when I'm, when I made the decision to leave the Christian college in January here, just 2020, it just left six months or eight months ago. I, I just, I paid a heavy price for it. You know, people could tell I was questioning things and I, I, I was taking on the status quo, so to speak. And I started, you know, literally it started costing me relationships. And I, I started kind of looking at myself like, am I a bad person? Because I'm just kind of figuring out what I want and I'm figuring out really what I believe. And uh, here I am almost 50 years old and I'm still like in this, I don't know what you want to call it. This, this almost like a crisis, inner crisis type moment. But it provided so much clarity because I decided to really face the music. And, and, it, and there was a heavy cost. And, and I was listening to a podcast recently where a person went through something similar. And they were talking about the currency that you get when you're a part of something like that is belonging. And once you stop maybe believing exactly like everybody else, a lot of times you're punished by not belonging anymore. And so I kind of had to, and I think I'm still kind of going through that where I'm kind of still coming to terms and, you know, and dealing with that with not really belonging to that group anymore. Um, But anyhow, the physical really changed the psychological for me and the mental and even the spiritual. And what I did is I resumed, I'd been in this coaching course in London that I'd started two or three years ago, but just didn't finish. So I jumped back into this personal development coaching course and involved having to go over England a couple times, but most of the work I could do stateside. And what happened is I really started looking through the, through the coaching experience and all the hands-on practice we were doing coaching. I started to really see that, um, you know, that, that things could be different for me, that, that, you know, that things, um, just my life could look different moving forward. I started focusing more on the future and possibilities. My mindset became more focused on gratitude. Uh, I started surrounding myself more with people like you who are, they're looking, they're, 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 they're taking action. They're building the life that they really want to live. And it's, it's messy sometimes, right? It's, oh God, yes. it, but it's, but it's just not really about that. It's about putting yourself out there and really creating and building the kind of life that you were meant to live. And I started grabbing hold of that, Christy. And I think it, again, the momentum built and I started listening to podcasts. I started really sitting down and doing reflection about my surround, you know, kind of around my what, right. Which is my passion. What, what am I good at? What I've been coaching and doing counseling jobs and, Mm-hmm. doing all these things for all these years, you know, what, what really lights me up, which I define really 
is my passion. And then I was like, why am I on this earth? What is my purpose? And then it's figuring out what your purpose is kind of what lights other people up, right? Your passion mm-hmm. lights you up. Your purpose can light others up. Oh, I and love I, and and I, it finally started to becoming real to me. And I thought, it's time to stop playing the game. So I resigned my position in 2019. I, again, I left the comfort. This was like the Finland thing, except 2.0, giving up the health insurance. You know, my wife works out of the house and she's, she's in publishing and she does okay, but like there's no health insurance, there's no yeah, security yeah. when the next job's coming. So it was like, okay, I got to go back out on the tightrope here. I got one kid in college in England, another kid getting ready to go into college. I'm like, am I going to do this? But I, I really just started to fill my mind with defining my what, defining my purpose. And when I got clarity, because these are the two areas I kind of specialize in with my coaching now is resilience and clarity. And what really dawned on me is I'd been building resilience my whole life. I just needed a little more clarity. And by, again, by surrounding myself with the right people, by doing my coaching course, by, by getting healthy and taking care of the self-care elements, by, uh, you know, and one other thing I would point out too, Chris, is I think so, so much of it sometimes is about community. Mm-hmm. You know, I was convinced that I always had to will myself to change. And it's not always about the willpower. A lot, a lot of times it's about the friend power. And when you build community, it's like you can stand on the shoulders of others sometimes. And when you're down, they can pick you up. So I started realizing that reaching out to others and sometimes asking for help was not really coming from a place of weakness, but was coming from a place of strength. And that was very pivotal to me, too. Um, I remember kind of going through this in, in 2019. And one of the things that really stands out for me is my relationship with fear really started to, to, to transform because I started putting myself out there and doing things. And then I, I, I lost the weight. And then pretty soon I, somebody said, you want to run a half marathon? I'm like, a half marathon. I'm, I, I, no, not really. Like, Come right. on, do it. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. So never done anything like that in my life before. I mean, I'd, I'd been in the military, run like five K's and stuff like that, but yeah. 13 miles, really? So in 2019, I, I, I said, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. So I, I went out and I ran a half marathon. And the next thing is I'd always thought about wanting to do stand-up comedy. Like humor for me as I was growing up was like very cathartic. And I thought, man, I was always writing down in notebooks, like different, like, skits and stories and jokes and and I'm like am I ever gonna do anything with this 2019 I decided to take action and I I set up uh so I contacted a friend from high school and talked in a while he's a musician and I, I just had this idea what, what would you think about teaming up with me let's do a little storytelling you do the music and then I'll do a stand-up routine and and he's like, well, how are we going to do that? And I'm like, well, let's just, let's find a venue. So I found this opera house in North Dakota. I knew nothing of what I was doing, how to set up any of anything. And I booked my own show, basically. We, we kind of co-produced it, put it together. We went and we stole tickets and people came. They bought tickets. 
and I don't know if they felt sorry for us initially, <laughs> but, but it was like, we, we turned a small profit and then I bumped up to a bigger venue, which is like a really large venue. Uh-huh. See, it's like 2000 uh-huh. people. And I think we got like close to 270, 275 people came to that event, but it was a bigger production. Yes. That's awesome. And then I put myself out there and got an opportunity to perform at the Laugh Factory out in Hollywood. And so okay. I did this, like this opening and I, I can just remember, you know, being in that experience and thinking, I'm scared to death. Like, what am I doing? And, and I remember when they called, when I got the opportunity at the Laugh Factory and, and that night, the Ken Yong was open. He was the main performer that night. He was the guy who was like in the Hangover movies and he's like this big, you know, comedian and actor. And, mm-hmm. and so like, mm-hmm. I was part of the opening act for that show that night. And I remember when they called my name to go on stage and the thought went through my mind, I could actually still run out of the building right now. <laughs> nobody would know me. Like I, I, there I am in Southern California. I'm like, I'm a North Dakota guy. I could run right now and nobody would catch me and they wouldn't even know. I'll never see these people again in my life, <laughs> but <laughs> something pushed me forward. And I went up on the stage and I, I performed, I survived, I didn't die, and I amazed myself. And again, like I go back to the fear, and what was really kind of helping me move through the fear was my desire to engage my creativity and my curiosity. And 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 I think I remember Liz Gilbert saying that you know when she was when she, um, trying to remember the name of the uh, the book, but anyhow, Liz was talking about how when she really started to overcome a lot of hurdles in her life and self-limiting beliefs, she changed her relationship with fear. And it really resonated with me because she talked about how fear is still going to be there, but it's just a way of dealing with it is to acknowledge it, to allow yourself to move through it. And then it's almost like you're driving a car and fear is a passenger. And you just say, okay, you're along on the journey. That's fine. I acknowledge you, but you're going to have to sit in the back seat fear because I'm driving the car and this is this is my thing and I, I know you're here with me but you're you're in the back seat I'm in the front seat this yeah. is my place yeah. your place is in the back seat and I love that because I'd heard a lot of my life people say well you just need to imagine that the fear is not there you just you just need to you know no it is there when I called my name to go on the stage it was like I'm fearful when I left my job in January I'm fearful but what I, I started to realize is that's okay Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. allowing yourself to kind of go through that and, um, you know, and just to, to just sort of embrace it almost and experience it, and feel it and realize it's totally natural, but allow your curiosity, your, you know, and, and really your creativity to, to kind of just move you forward. Um, did you have a mantra or anything? I'm trying to think. Changing your relationship with fear. Because I'm like, if I was about to step onto a stage too, I would literally be frozen in anxiety. Did you have maybe like, I don't know, a little mantra that you have for yourself, like a breathing exercise? What's like, what's one small thing that you could like advise us to do too? You know, this is going to sound really, maybe really silly to some, but I learned this, you know, I taught sports psychology for a while because I was, I was like coaching some professional athletes overseas and I coached small college and high school. And then teaching sports psychology at the university level, I was always learning like these little tricks and going to seminars and things like that. One time I was listening to this person 
an expert who, who teaches United States uh, professional tennis players. And he gave me this little thing. And he said, when you're in a really high stress situation, you're feeling a lot of anxiety. He told me to focus on the two B's. And this is how he defined the two B's. He said, the first B is find something that you really believe, like a mantra, like whatever that might be. It could just be like a couple words. It could even just like be the word focus or um, I am worthy or whatever it is, a short statement. Find something that in your core you believe. The second part, he says, one thing you can control is your breathing. That's the second B. And so he, he did this little exercise and he, he would do it like this. He would say, um, breathe in through your nose. So he called that smell the steak. And then he would say, breathe out of your mouth. And he called that um, uh, blow out the cake. So he would say, smell the steak blow out the cake and he said that's your second b it's your it's your breathing so you have the belief and you have the breathing and when you pair those two together it allows your brain to focus on something so then it's it forgets that it should be freaking out right Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's like a little trick that's that i use that and i still use that Yay. Thank you for sharing that with us. I like to say, if you notice when you're feeling kind of stressed out, like how tensed up is your body? If you take a really deep breath, like how much better do you feel after that? So I really love that you shared that with us because um, you're right. That's so powerful. Yeah. Thank you. I thank you. It's it's just something that has really, um, you know, kind of transformed the way that I deal with the anxiety because the anxiety is going to be there. It's yeah. just one, one of those. And, and, and Stephen Pressfield talks a lot about that, you know, with, with resistance is that the fear, the self-loathing, the, the procrastination, the rationalization, like a lot of the things that. Well, we ran into a slight technical difficulty, but I think that that is the beauty of showing you the behind the scenes um, and showing you that inspired action often really does look very messy and that's okay. You can't let that stop you because things are going to pop up and you can either let that derail you or you can um, push through them and insert a funny little noise into the middle of your podcast and use it as a chance to teach and share a valuable lesson. So that's all back to our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I I think just realizing that it's not going to necessarily go away, you know, that those things that are often in our way, like um, rationalization or the self-loathing or the imposter syndrome, I'm not good enough. The, self-doubts, the self-limiting beliefs. I'm not smart enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not tall enough. You know, whatever it is that you're doing, those things are going to come at you. But I think it's, again, it's just having a battle plan. It's having a process, a mantra, something that's that's sort of systematic that you know that you can go mm-hmm. to that but- will really help you combat those, you know, those, uh, the fear really, I think it's really all masked in fear. I completely agree with you. And I love that having a go-to almost so that it's just kind of subconscious for you that when you start feeling that anxiety, that's what you immediately 
learn to go to. Yeah. And I believe, Christy, when, you, when we allow ourselves to face it head on and then we get beyond that wall, it's like then we can engage imagination. Mm-hmm. Then we can engage creativity. Then we can engage intuition. And that's where all the beautiful stuff is, right? That's where the magic is. It's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I... I didn't even, I wasn't even aware I had this inside of myself. I, the, I'm getting all these ideas for new, you know, podcasts, or I'm getting all these new ideas for, that could do this. And, and we start seeing the possibilities for really oh, yeah. what they are. And I think that's so, so life changing, so powerful. Oh my gosh. Yes. I resonate with that so much. Literally your entire story. I resonate so much with it mirrors mine so similarly. So I am just, I just love your story. <laughs> like, Thank like you so much. It. So tell me, how are you, where can everybody connect with you online? I know that you're, you're on several platforms. You're on, um, I know, Instagram, Facebook. You have your website. You're on yeah. Pinterest. I am, yeah. So I'm still kind of learning my way. I'm not, the, mm-hmm. it's one of my, my sort of obstacles, my self-doubt things. I'm not the strongest at the tech part of what I'm doing, but I'm learning and I'm, I'm, it's messy, but it's, um, but yeah, um, just at Eric Slavosky, uh, I'm on Pinterest, uh, Instagram. I have a business, uh, Facebook page also Twitter. I'm not extremely active on there, but I'm working on it. And then my website, which is just, um, ericslavosky.com. And on the website, I've got, I do a weekly blog. I've got just things that people can download on there that are, helpful. I had some resilience tips for, for COVID, for example. I'm doing one for educators. It's coming out next week, which will just be some kind of helpful tips and guidelines for people that like teach and coach and things like that. So yeah, I'm trying to always kind of stay active on the website. I love that. So tell us how can how do how do you work with others? Do you have a group program available? Are you doing just one-to-one coaching? If somebody wanted to come and work with you, what are um, some options you have for them? I do one-on-one coaching uh, right now. I'm in the process of putting together a Facebook group, and that's just going to be free. Um, I think I'm still a few weeks away from actually launching that, but that's going to just be like a a once a week, um, uh, probably an hour, you know, and I'll pick an evening or or a day that kind of works for everybody. And and we're just going to go through and do uh, deep dives on things like values and beliefs, self-limiting beliefs, goal setting, you know, and I'm going to let sort of my, my, my audience kind of pick topics, things that are really relevant to all of us. And so that'll I'll, I'll be free content. And then beyond that, I really hope to uh, just really launch more like a, a course, mm-hmm. you know, where we kind of do more of an extended eight week, 10 week dive. And, uh, but that's in the works. That's kind of something that I'm in the process of putting together. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love it so much. And I just want to say that, um, Eric, you are just the perfect picture of just stepping out there, just having faith and not knowing, not knowing, you know, maybe what's coming for you, but having the faith that you're just going to end up where you need to be. And I want to say that that's so inspiring. Just sitting here listening to you has really just got me fired back up to keep taking those steps because I know for myself, there's those days that I'm just like, what am I doing? I feel, you know, you feel like you're free falling some days. And um, 
I just I'm remind myself, I just remind myself that when you finally land, that it's going to be really, just the whole journey to get there. The whole free fall is really beautiful. How about that? <laughs> You're right. It's falling forward, right? Yeah. I, I try to remind myself when I fall, at least if I'm falling forward, that's still progress. Yes. <laughs> yes. Keep yeah. getting back up. So yeah. I just want to thank you so, so much for um, coming and sharing your story with us and like I said, that's got me so fired up now to like, to just get back out there and just keep going. So I, I thank you so much. This was just, it's so life-giving to talk with you and just, I commend you for the work that you're putting out there. Um, and it's about your, your people's lives. I think that's just, there's just so much power in that. And so keep doing what you're doing and keep putting that value out into the world because it's, it's transforming people's lives. Thank you so much. And um, our hopes today is that you take this away and you use it to transform your own life and get your own voice out into the world, really, because you have something important to share. And um, we just want to inspire you to do that. So last thing I was thinking of as you were talking is just to uh, if there's something that you really feel passionate about doing is just to not marinate on it just no matter how messy the action uh -huh. is just take the little step and yes. and do it it's like I look at it as like a rocket blasting off don't keep giving yourself a countdown to 10 just, just I mean, just, just blast off. Yeah, just, just go. And you, that alone creates some momentum where you're like, oh, this is so bad or this is, but yep. you'll fix it. You'll make the adjustments that you need to make, but, but don't focus on the countdown, focus on the launch and get blasted off. And then, and, and, and I heard recently just this idea, if you want to do something, you got to practice the verb before you become the noun. So if you want to write, get writing. Do the verb before you become the noun. If you want to be a speaker, then go out there and yep. speak, even if it's for free and you're just going out there and you're volunteering, whatever. But if, to, to become the noun, you have to do the verb. Do so that would be my, my final closing thoughts. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So thank you so much. I, I really hope that you enjoyed our guest and his incredible story this week. So make sure you check out the show notes to go and see where you can find and follow along with Eric's journey. So I wanted to offer you a couple of takeaways from our conversation. Number one, just do it. Whatever that thing is that you're wanting to do, no matter how crazy it seems, just take that leap of faith and do it, especially if it's still calling to you. Number two, um, I'm seeing a lot of common theme of key for radical transformations in your life, starting with taking better care of yourself, taking better care of your body, starting to care about, um, you know, the mind body connection between when you start working out and eating a little better and seeing how that improves the mental aspects of things. Number three, it's okay to question your beliefs. Um, it might feel challenging. It might feel for a while like you are going crazy or like you are losing these longstanding relationships that you may have valued as your beliefs change. And I want you to realize that that's okay. Things change and they fall apart so that things that are even better, that are 
made even more for you can come together. You're creating room to bring new things in. Number four, surround yourself with people who are pushing themselves. Surround yourself with the people that are striving for the same things as you. I often say that you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. Now, whether that is actually physical in-person time or whether this is their material and um, ideas and thoughts that you are consuming, it is proven that we tend to um, adopt the same mentalities and beliefs and actions of those that we're surrounded by, almost like a sort of osmosis. So surround yourself with those that are striving for more and striving for the things that you want just literally to be in their energy and their essence and to soak that in number five and i love this quote your passion lights you up but your purpose lights others up what are you excited about doing and how do you bring that together with what um with what you're known for, with what people come to you for, and with what you use to help others. Then number six, just keep showing up. Just keep showing up every day, no matter how um, crazy you might feel, how inadequate you might feel some days, just keep showing up. Because if you want to do something, you have to do the verb before you can be the noun. So many great quotes from this interview. You guys change your relationship with fear. I don't know what number we're even on. Number six, number seven, change your relationship with fear. Acknowledge it and face it. And he gave us a wonderful tip to do that, focusing on the two Bs, belief and breathing. So keep showing up. And I want to thank you guys for being here today. Um... I can't wait. This was my third guest interview and I can't wait till we get to number 100 and just how confident and how much better I'm going to be at interviewing then. Um, I use this interview as an example, like Christy, why did you ask the most awkward questions that didn't even pertain to the conversation? And it's all learning. It's all learning. I want to, I want you guys to see me stumble and fall and get back up again and keep going and try and try and try and try. Because again, you have to do before, um, before you can get there. You have to do the verb before you can be the noun. I'm going to use that all the time now. Anyways, you guys enjoy your day and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. I hope that you were able to find something useful or inspirational to take away with you today. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. It's at underscore Christy Martin. And let me know what you want to hear more of. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And I will see you next time.